the regions sometimes seem simple when you just look at them or learn a dance from them, but like the more you know, the less you know, I guess. Our moms have a mutual cousin, Carol. Our babas have a mutual friend, Pearl. And we have a mutual love, Ukrainian dance and culture. I'm Hannah. I'm Caitlin. And this is PSI, the Ukrainian dance and culture podcast. This episode's coming out a bit later than usual. We wanted to give space for Black Lives Matter to be amplified. And us releasing this episode isn't to say we're done giving this space, but this conversation, this movement, it's so much more than just a one-time discussion. And it's far from over. And um, specifically related to the Ukrainian community, there are a couple social media accounts we'd like to mention that we found helpful, and they are Divchata and Ukrainians in Solidarity. Search for them on Instagram, Divchata also is on Facebook, and we'll also include a link in our show notes. Um, Divchata has been hosting live Instagram discussions about race in the Ukrainian community, plus they have a great list of resources to learn more, and some of these are specifically about whiteness, diaspora, or diaspora, (laughs) and Ukraine. Um, They also posted some talking points when talking about racism within the Ukrainian community, which uh, we both found very helpful. Ukrainians in Solidarity's mission is to motivate the Ukrainian community to stay involved in what's happening and to make Ukrainian spaces safer spaces for Black and marginalized voices, among other goals, uh, which you can read about on their account. So this whole episode isn't going to be about this topic, um, but we encourage you to spend more time to learn more about this, whether it's from these accounts or the many others that are part of this worldwide conversation, and we'll be doing our part to try and learn as much as we can. So today's episode is actually going to be about our the next two cities we lived in. So our episode number two, I think, was about Kiev and living there and training with Virsky. And then we kind of took a break from talking about where we lived. And now we're coming back to that. And we're going to be talking about Lviv. That was the second city we lived in. And the third city was Chernivtsi. In Lviv, we had a few different op- opportunities uh, with a few dance groups. So... The one that we were there for two full months was with Unist. It's a um, it's an ensemble, a youth ensemble that's it's not a professional ensemble. It's kind of more like what we see here in Canada, more um, recreational, but still a high level. And so we rehearsed three days a week with this ensemble, a few hours each night, Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, I believe. In the this is a senior ensemble. There's also a whole school underneath the senior ensemble, or I don't know what. The ensemble not senior ensemble and so there was like a big age range from i don't know what would you say the youngest was like 12 in the ensemble yeah well i believe when we started with them it uh it became known that it was kind of like a transition transition year so they had just moved up their junior group well, well what they would consider their junior group so i believe that the youngest one was i'm gonna say 12 yeah the oldest ones were like 25 probably older than that 27 28 type of a thing so to tie in kind of all of these um ensembles in Lviv and Chinitsi we kind of wanted to think of a way to yeah tie them all together how we could find this common thread and we thought a good way to focus this episode is we're going to look at some of our lessons learned in each ensemble all right so let's just get right to it 
just to help you understand and tie tie the whole picture together of uh, our year. So if you listen to episode two, we're in Kiev. And then after that, we moved to Lviv, which is what we're about to talk about. But like, I feel like there's a story behind the move and actually starting with Unist that we should. That's probably the first lesson, actually. <laughs> so yes, we. Yeah. First, say the lesson. So say the lesson. Lesson is don't eat a kilogram of Vareneke or pierogies before going to rehearsal. We know it sounds like a so, good idea, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And I feel like it sounds like common sense that that should have been a lesson that we didn't need to learn. But here's what happened. So we got picked up in Kiev. We moved, took the train to Lviv. We got settled in all of our apartments. Um, So that was an adjustment in itself. It was our first move of the year. And then we found out that uh, that night we were going to be leaving to go to Poland because we had to leave the country to get uh, our visas and then come back into the country because 90 days in, 90 days out. So 90 days in, one day out? I don't know. Anyway, somehow it worked out that we only had to go to Poland, leave the country, and then we could come back in. So that happened. We went to Poland. We didn't sleep the whole trip because uh, we drove there. We slept a little bit on the bus. We stayed for a day in Poland, not in a hotel. We just walked around the city. We were exhausted got our visas, and then got back on the bus and came back to Lviv. We got back to Lviv. Uh, did we sleep? It was at, we got yeah, we back did. around 2 a.m. Yeah, so we got back at 2 a.m. to Lviv after our trip. And so we went back, we went to bed. We went to bed in our apartment. No, in and a that hotel. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, man, I'm forgetting. This is a little bit sad. Okay. Yeah, because not all of, not all of our apartments were ready yet. Only one girl, two girls had their apartments ready. Um, so we stayed in a hotel, apparently. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> and uh, then the next day, with very little sleep, we were told that we were going to be meeting our language instructor in the afternoon. And we were already pretty grumpy, so, like, learning Ukrainian and meeting someone was not, like keen to us we weren't keen to do that and then we found out that we we're actually going to be going to our first unist rehearsal that night and we were also not keen I know it sounds really bad but we were just so exhausted from this trip to Poland um and the like the emotional exhaustion from moving like leaving friends in an old city and then readjusting to a new city and not really having new digs yet we were just in like an uh just in a hotel and all that so um, so we decided before we go to our first Unist rehearsal, we would go to a pub um, and just have something to eat beforehand, whatever, casual. We hadn't really eaten all day. We hadn't gone groceries yet. So we're hungry, hungry gals. <laughs> and we ordered a kilo, two kilograms of Vedenike and then so like one kilogram for two girls. Like that's a lot of progies. So we ate them. We were feeling full, but we were feeling okay. We were, we were pretty stuffed. We were about as stuffed as a stuffed pierogi could get. And then we were thinking, uh, going to rehearsal that, oh, it's our first rehearsal. We're probably going to be standing on the side a lot, like watching, just kind of taking it in, meeting everyone. So most of us, I think, wore our long sleeve bodysuits. And at this point, it was also fall time. So we were ready to start wearing a little bit warmer clothes in the studio. And... 
Uh, oh gosh. It was... So we got to <laughs> Unist, and basically we got thrown, we got thrown right in. Um, they were doing like a circle style cardio warm up where they move in a circle and do all these different sorts of, I'm kind of getting into other stuff now, but uh, where they do different sor- sorts of um, things to boost their stamina, but also connect with Ukrainian dancing. Uh, and every time we caught glimpses of ourselves in the mirror, I literally just like looked like a stuffed progi and I felt like one. <laughs> it was so awful. And then we were doing like sit-ups and like all this. Oh my gosh. So basically kilogram of Varenike, long sleeve bodysuits in a really, really, really stuffy studio with a lot of dancers. There was probably like 30 of us in there. Um, lesson learned. Expect... A hard rehearsal on your first rehearsal. Don't need a kilogram of Varenike before rehearsal. Just be and... prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be prepared. Prepare your mind. Get some sleep too. So that that's that's how Kiev tied into Lviv. So now you're all caught up on that part. But that's also our first lesson. Good good point. Yeah. Um, so you talked about that warm-up. I think our second or another lesson that we have here is how crucial a good warm-up is and that being a bit in shape makes you a way better and just a more motivated dancer and yeah of course again this one we should just know but I don't think I really appreciated this until we got our butts kicked in this warm-up here we would do this um a cardio warm-up so with dynamic stretches some yeah cardio movements and everything and then this circle after I don't it was it was pretty long after that it led into kind of more it was like a yeah like the whole warm-up was probably like an hour and a half I'm guessing Mm -hmm. and just even yeah even just the cardio circle itself was long which was great because yeah we dance for short little sprints in time but we need to anyways this was a great way to incorporate more cardio and so then after your kind of cardio circle it kind of led into more character style steps and stamps and short combinations and then and you also did core work and then you did like a pre-bar that before the actual ballet bar um to kind of loosen up and then once we did the bar itself the exercises were so long and so (laughs) so quick and just so it it was a great warm-up and um like there was no part of us that was not warm by the end um and it was like you oh say my it was gosh like, we were literally dripping sweat and like the mirrors fogging up if anyone's been to the studio in Unist, um if you've had the chance to perform there or rehearse uh be, attend workshops there you you probably know how in the summertime it can the mirrors can fog up well the same was happening to us in november um yeah, and then after all that, even too, we went into um, this like difficult ballet that was so quick and so long. And how are we supposed to remember all this stuff? All in all, good warm up is crucial, and do not underestimate its um, effectiveness. Yeah, and actually, like that's from a dancer standpoint um, of warming up your body properly but then from an instructor choreographer standpoint it was so great because in that cardio circle like we would do like walking walking on demi point walking on your heels like marching all these sorts of things and then it goes into actual like 
bihu nets and jetes and and that sort of thing. And then after that, we actually started doing steps, like moving steps that were part of dances and that Eunice does, which is such a great idea to incorporate that in warm-up because then... Um, First of all, you're building your stamina, but then at the same time, you're practicing a step that is definitely needs improvement in your dances, and you can work on like so many things in warm up and think about it in a different context rather just than just in a dance. Uh, so that was I really like that part, and that's actually something I've taken away into teaching. Another lesson learned from Eunice is that people of all ages can be friends and they can dance together, and that's probably the beauty of dance itself. Um, so if you're 20-something and dancing with 12-year-olds on stage, you still look like ageless adults of Ukraine's past. Wearing those beauty buko costumes, wow, you just, even though we were dancing with 12-year-old boys, I don't, I think if we posted a video and people didn't know that, well, maybe they would know, I don't know, because we're much taller than them. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was something we knew before. Um, especially the friends that we touched on on last episode, but it definitely got reinforced here. Another one about actually, um, I guess this kind of goes with the warm up itself too, but you need to push yourself at dance rehearsal and you, you will, you will see improvement. So just for example, in, in some of these bar exercises, I remember thinking like, no human leg can even move that quickly like there why are we even bothering <laughs> to do this um so here we are just flopping our legs around trying to keep up like trying to not stand out more than we already are um but then within a f- by the end of the two months like here we are doing it and like to the music and everything or another example is remember how fast we could obertas like we like um just the way that we've challenged fire. ourselves and seriously fire. <laughs> like looking at it long term or maybe it's the opposite. Make it, maybe looking at it short term, you're like in, in a rehearsal and you're like, okay, if I just don't do this like one time or if I let my muscles just like relax a little during this plie, it's not going to really like make a big difference in the long run. But then think of the opposite. Like imagine if every single rehearsal and then we were rehearsing three times a week with them. So imagine every single rehearsal you're working on, uh, for example, getting your leg to be fasting and engaging your muscle in some sort of exercise, and you do it every single time, you take the opportunity to do it every single time, even though you're pushing yourself and it's maybe, like, hard for you, like, stamina, mentally, all of that, emotionally. <laughs> um, but then at the end, I can definitely say that I saw improvements in myself and it was probably from those little times where I just pushed myself like a little bit harder and didn't let myself give up. And something else you shouldn't give up on is group dynamics. (laughs) Group group dynamics are everything. Uh, It's like important in a dance group to have bonding activities, to host parties, and we definitely do that in Kiev. And although it was different in Lviv, I think we became, like, even better friends with um, the artistic director, Mikhailo, Pan Mikhailo. <laughs> uh, and then we also did some, like, mantra meditations with another nice dancer named Ivana that she, she uh, invited us to. But it just makes such a big difference. You dance differently with one another. Um, I think there's like a visible chemistry on stage when you're smiling at each other and it's genuine. When you're thinking about the mantra that you were saying. 
the day before. <laughs> and and this this relates to your the other point about how um about all the you're dancing with people of all ages from all different backgrounds. You have different interests, but um so you 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 yeah like you say you you have this you there's this chem there, there should be this chemistry on stage, but you can't just expect it to just happen. And that's where these bonding activities are useful. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, our final point, which kind of was reminded to us thanks to one of our bonding activities with Eunice, which was the um, Christmas and New Year's party. You can have a lasting impression on people just like they have had on you. That's meant to sound encouraging, not scary. Um, <laughs> but so we we often just talk about how much the people, we still think about them, we still talk about them. And not that we care about having an effect on people or changing their lives. That's it's that's not what this is about. But it's just interesting. It's interesting how memories work and what people will remember about you. Mm-hmm. And and they do remember you even if um yeah, they'll remember you. I don't know. Even if you feel like they won't, I think. They will. They'll remember something. Yeah, so be nice and be fun <laughs> and be respectful. <laughs> At this at this uh, Christmas party, we did the all kind of it was almost like a mini talent show almost between dancers there and kind of people prepared or they they prepared these special gifts kind of for the others in the ensemble and our gift was um, it was actually asked of us but we were happy to do it was to ke- teach some of the dances from from Canada that we had so we or North America I guess okay okay wait wait a second you're missing out a part of the story <laughs> the gift we are actually supposed to give yeah I know was <laughs> was a old traditional car- Christmas Ukrainian Christmas carol that we were supposed to learn via I think we got a YouTube video and so we were practicing before in the change room with one of the girls from the ensemble who was really trying to like help us through it and like thankfully I all of us never happened to be in the studio at the same time to sing this carol all together so it just never happened <laughs> so luckily we had this backup present of teaching these dances so we and we showed a few um kind of um Zabava polkas as well and one of them that we showed was the seven step which is my absolute favorite which i know that's not even it's it's not like it's specifically ukrainian canadian by any means i love the seven step too and it's actually gonna be a, it's gonna have a whole episode because for our, it's gonna be a list of why we love the seven step i think so <laughs> and i think it's kind of like a, there's a cult following of the seven step people love it oh yeah if you know it and if you don't yeah. know it your life isn't great <laughs> um so yeah so we we taught them the seven step and whatever we we taught them also heel toe we taught them a few things and you we moved on from it whatever coming back to Canada the next year we get a message from one of the dancers just asking about what was that song that was that dance you taught us like can you send me the Mikhailo the 
our um, artistic director was asking about it and we're like trying to name these songs and then she, we couldn't really think about it. then she sends us this, the best video you've ever seen of him oh he remembered gosh. he could even remember the tune of it and the exact movements of it and i just i can feel it in me right now of how much joy i felt at that moment to my heart just grew seeing him do that and so right away we sent the seventh step um so that was that was the year after we were there the year after that she asked this dancer asked for it again and so that was just really special to to hear that not only did they remember us they remembered the seven step yeah and actually just before we were i guess it was just before that party where we were teaching some of those canadian like polkas and whatever um we were learning some old ukrainian village dances that are kind of similar like they're very simple and they have these patterns in them and so it was like kind of a theme and so it felt right to teach them like our ukrainian canadian dances and that's i guess how we were tying it in uh when we were at that party and now we do all those ukrainian dances from the villages Oila, oila. <laughs> anyway, yes, that that was, uh, yeah, that makes my heart happy. So not only did we dance at Unist when we were in Lviv, but we also danced at the Ivan, or not, yeah, at and with <laughs> the Ivan Franco University. So I don't know, I think maybe we talked about this in other episodes, but something that's really neat about Ukraine is that in many of their universities and colleges, they offer um, dance programs where you can get a diploma or degree in dance. Um, And then when you're choosing which stream of dance you want to do, there's almost always a national dance. So, of course, national dancing in Ukraine is Ukrainian dance. So we got to study Ukrainian dance at the university. Uh, We danced with them three days a week, one or two classes. It kind of switched from week to week. Um, But we were usually with, uh, I think they were second and third years or third and fourth years. I can't quite remember. Uh, So we did some character. We watched ballet. We did Ukrainian dancing. Um, And if you've been in Lviv, the Ivan Franco University is like right by this like beautiful park. And the building is like so majestic. Uh, it doesn't look like a university. It looks like, I don't, I don't even know, like part of a castle or something like that. Um, but not the dance part of the university. So the dance part, the dance building, I guess, was hidden. Uh, it was kind of hidden behind all these bushes and like there was a gate to get to the building and we never got an access card. So sometimes we would just have to stand at the gates waiting for a dancer to leave or come. Anyway, it was kind of funny. Um, But it definitely didn't look like you're walking into university. And I have a lot of respect for the dancers that went there every day because they were not dancing in ideal conditions for their body or for space. Which is why we were even more thankful to have the chance to um, rehearse with some of these dancers. Although we didn't, some of the studios were very small and we still wanted to, um, this was their class. This wasn't, this wasn't made for us. We were just guests. So sometimes we did just watch on the sides, which was still so, so um, educational as well. But so one of the lessons I think that we learned the importance of is try different styles of dance even if you feel like a fool. Oh, because you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
it's try styles of dance that maybe yeah that are completely out of your comfort zone that you don't even know if they'll relate directly to your ukrainian dance experience like often we think of course ballet because there's ballet movements in ukrainian dance but really just all types of dance very helpful pushes you gets you yeah out of your comfort zone so while we were there um i think i would say he was one of our favorite instructors at this place he invited us to his modern dance class and wow we were we were something we were not great (laughs) but it was it was so fun um and he was so supportive all the dancers were supportive yeah and i know like there's of course you can do modern dance here too but i think even just modern dance in different parts of the world are going to be a bit different so it was fun to get to try to have your body move in different ways or even just the stretching it's so different it just keeps you humble because you might not fit in right away especially when you're joining this one random class part way through a year yes and uh, just to note though this instructor he is something incredible i mean all of them are but i remember um he was so welcoming to us he knew it was like kind of a hard situation because there wasn't a lot of space in the studio so it was like always a toss-up if we should dance or if we should watch um but he always like he wanted us to learn and he tried to impart a lot of wisdom on us and he did he was successful um but I just remember that he um actually learned his English was like perfect like it was so good and we thought maybe he studied English. No, he learned all of his English from watching So You Think You Can Dance and videos on YouTube of, like, dancers in North America. And, like, how amazing is that? Like, wow. Yeah, anyway, shout out to Tras. So another lesson learned, kind of also on this topic of small spaces and such, uh, is patience. Uh, when we were in these university classes, one of the... Um, specific classes that the dancers were taking was something to do with like syllabus and creating learning how to create their own bar exercises um so each dancer was given a region character bar actually um so each dancer was given a region and then they had to create like a plie exercise with um poltava or they had to create i remember the grand batman one with arkan i think anyway Um, So they had to create these exercises and then they would actually teach them to their classmates and the classmates would have to do them and then they in return would critique the classmates on how to be better at the exercise and the instructor would be critiquing the student teaching, telling them how to change the exercise to make it like maybe more accurate like in the region or to add certain body movements to make it a better exercise for dancers to warm up. Um, but all the dancers were so patient with one another because the classes could be quite slow um, as they were working through these bar exercises. So it was it was really nice to see them supporting one another, giving each other encouragement. Um, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I thought of another lesson, actually, when you were talking about Taras, uh, Pan Taras. Okay, um, go for it. Yeah. And actually, this might be contrary to popular belief, but um, jeans actually make the <laughs> a great rehearsal attire for in- dance instructors. I don't know what this jean material was made out of, and like all the instructors we had, it was it was impressive. I think if it doesn't teach you 
that you can dance in jeans, it's a lesson that if your instructor is wearing jeans and they're teaching in jeans, your instructor is a dance god. Yes. And you should respect them. So yeah. if you're Don't wear jeans yourself. No, but don't wear jeans if you're not a dance god. <laughs> if if those jeans have not been given to you from yeah. It's a definitely an honor to be able to reach that point yeah, in like, your man, career. Tadas will wear jeans with his black boots, like his black dance boots, and like that is a look. And imagine this guy who is like so flexible, so passionate about dance, so good at every single style, so kind, speaks perfect English, wants to include you in rehearsals, and just basically the perfect human. And he can do all of that in jeans. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So along with the university and Unist, in Lviv, we also danced with... The college, it was called Lviv College of Culture and Arts. And we kind of started there a little bit later in our stay in Lviv. It was one month. Uh, one month, okay. And we danced there five days a week, and we danced for longer chunks of time. Like, we would dance for an entire morning, um, like, from nine or eight, actually, eight till noon, and then we would go and get McDonald's coffee on our walk home because <laughs> then we had to dance in the evening usually. So we needed a little pick me up. Um, it was really nice to dance with them. It, we had uh, because actually the studios were so small at the college, we were supposed to be dancing with other classes. But because they were so small, we actually ended up having our own private uh, classes at the college with the teachers there, which was amazing yeah our our time there it was it was so focused and so concentrated and just learned so much and it was fun that we got to do an exam actually at the end of our time there um so a lesson learned there or reinforced there was perform all the time even in even during warm-up so I know that's something that it's often said to us even here I know it is it's I'm not saying I've never been told this before but sometimes I, I, I get it. Sometimes it feels a little silly to be smiling while you're doing plies or something. But at college, we had an entire class that was Hutzel character. We had this a bow that transitioned into our bar, that transitioned into the etudes. And it, it all connected the entire time. You, you felt like you had to perform it because it, it felt very much like a dance. And again, this is something how every exercise should really be, but it was just when they were all connected one to the next, it um, kind of highlighted how uh, how important it is, how easy it can be done, how it is possible, and that we should stick to doing that. <laughs> and then it just makes it, um, it makes it like a lot easier to dance full out your, uh, when you're doing your dances. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Well, when you perform all the time, like even when you're doing your exercises, I feel like it brings a different kind of energy, especially when we are learning these Hutzel character bar uh, exercises and then the etudes. It was exhausting. The studio was hot as heck. I I literally, I know I said I sweat a lot in at Unist, but I had never seen myself sweat like that when I looked in the mirror and like oh my gosh, it was crazy. It looked like we were in a full-on rain 
downpour at the end of those classes. I know it sounds really attractive. Anyway, but when you're working that hard um, and sweating that much and your body is obviously exhausted, like there is literally only one way to keep pushing yourself harder and that's to like fake it till you make it and pretend to like look like you're not tired. I don't know. There's something about like pulling your body up, slapping a smile on your face, raising your eyebrows a little bit and like lifting your chin that makes you just feel like you can get through the rest of those quick tendus or jetés or whatever the bar exercises. Yeah. So yeah, lesson learned. Perform all the time. And that was a totally new concept. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we get told that all the time. But yeah, it's just a different scenario where uh, it gets reinforced. Another thing we learned, I feel like all of these are lessons learned, but like we were just in a different context. So it just reinforced it or like taught us the lesson in a different way because we we lived through it. The next one is also the same thing. Yeah. So this is also isn't something we didn't know before but a region isn't just a region like you just don't learn one buko dance and think you know the entire region like oh i know how to stamp now okay i'm a buko i'm a buko goddess <laughs> no so it's not to say that that's something we just realized when we were uh studying there but it was something that was definitely reinforced and i think it became super obvious uh when we were learning lemkwa so we had the chance to study the region Lemkwa with an instructor named Pan Olech and uh, Pan Olech actually I think he went to some villages and studied it like firsthand the dances from the Lemkwa region so he was teaching us um, some of those steps and like little etudes Uh, and I guess this is something that's like very confusing I still don't have my head wrapped around it but Zakarpatya Zakarpatya means after the mountains, so Karpatya is the mountains, and Zakarpatya is after the mountains. The region Lemko is after the mountains. So Lemko is like kind of a sub-region of Zakarpatya, and that's like something that's super confusing, I guess, but also very interesting, and you can draw a lot of um, similarities, like if you're watching a... Uh, or if you look at the costumes, that's an easier thing. If you look at the costumes, they're very similar to one another. They're bordered kind of by the same countries. Um, like, Lemko is just such an interesting region. It deserves its own podcast. Like, not even just an episode. It could have... Okay, the seventh step gets its... Seventh step gets an episode. Lemko gets an entire podcast because... Like, there's a whole history behind those people, how they kept getting removed and, like, the borders kept changing from Poland to Ukraine to Poland. So those people in that region, some of them identify as Polish, some of them identify as Ukrainian, uh, some of them identify as uh, Ruthenian, Ruthenian, yeah. And then some of them moved to different parts of Ukraine because they had to, they got removed from their region. So, yeah, that's... um, That was an interesting thing that, I mean, the regions sometimes seem simple when you just look at them or learn a dance from them, but, like, the more you know, the less you know, I guess. And don't take my word for any of that. I am no, I am not a Lemkwa expert, and I just really like the region, and I would love to learn more. So if you know a lot about Lemkwa, hit me up. So that wrapped up. Lviv for us and then we were off to Chenitsi where we trained with the Buko State Ensemble 
Um, this is a professional ensemble. They train five days a week for three to four hours a day. So the first hour is ballet warm-up, and then you work on the dances. And then a couple times a week, there would be rehearsal with the orchestra. This is generally how it was set up with all of the state ensembles that we, we trained with. Um, so and then if the, the orchestra wasn't there, there would be the accordion player to um, accompany, accompany us. And so we, the rehearsal was at the Philharmonic Hall. Uh, there was a theater there that we most of the time danced on that stage. Sometimes there's, there's also a studio that we sometimes were in too. And when we had, when we had these full orchestra rehearsals, we would just kind of dance in between the aisles out um, in the theater itself. This is like a quick little lesson learned, but like just appreciate the space you dance in every time you get to dance somewhere different. Uh, when we were dancing at the Philharmonic in Chenyupsi, um, we'll have we'll post a photo in our show notes of it. But you're on this wood stage, and like you're kind of like so in the moment with the dancers and the instructors standing at the front of the stage, and you start taking it for granted that you're in this like beautiful ancient theater. And you look out, sometimes you remember that where you're dancing, and you look out into the audience and, like, you see all this ornate gold all over the walls and, like, the rich red coloring of the chairs and, like, the walls that are beautifully painted. Yeah, it was just something that uh, you kind of take for granted because you're there all the time, but when you really think about it, it's a lesson learned to appreciate everywhere you're, everywhere you get to dance. Maybe it's a... Yeah, like most people in Canada, it's probably a hall or a, a school gym or, uh, yeah, some ballet studios, I'm sure. But don't appreciate them. Yeah. Another lesson that I think will stand out to anyone who has ever done a workshop with the Bukostan Ensemble is Pan Leonid has special powers that he can transmit to you while standing near you or holding your hand and doing a dance step alongside you. So this is the artistic director of the ensemble and he is a wonderful person and he um whenever there's these comp there were these complicated dance steps and you just absolutely couldn't get it you were getting starting to feel a little bit frustrated he could sense this in you also could see you struggling (laughs) and he would come up to you stand next to you maybe take your hand and he would just start working through it with you going over the steps over and over all of a sudden you were able to do it i don't know what kind of energy he was able to pass along to you but yeah That was really cool. He's just a really supportive instructor who uh, had a lot of patience to work with, work with us Canadians. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Didn't get frustrated with us. He was very understanding that like the style of stamping that they do, that he teaches and that the book ensemble does isn't really the style of stamping that a lot of uh, Ukraine Canadian dance ensembles do. So yes, he was very supportive and worked with us all the time, like, even during their breaks, to help us master, try and master, <laughs> their choreography. And during those breaks, uh, Pan Leonid would also water his plants. <laughs> we loved that. <laughs> he would just, 
we would just be like working on our own thing and then we would see him just walking behind us <laughs> with a watering can watering plants in the studio and that is just so awesome like plants lesson learned that plants should be in the studio they're a great great way for dancers or instructors to take a mindful break during rehearsal and just appreciate something other than your frustration of trying to get a double stamp <laughs> another part of Dancing in Chenyutsi, or I guess dancing in every single city, one of the hardest parts was um, adapting or trying to adapt the style. So you start in each city and you just left the last one and you felt like you're like kind of fitting in in the last ensemble, even though we probably still stuck out like sore thumbs. And then you go to the new city and like not only are you learning new dance steps and you're getting like meshing with the people in the dance group and you're trying to learn the style that the instructor teaches in and you're trying to translate a foreign language uh and you're trying to adjust to a new apartment and you are not getting enough sleep because you watch too much netflix no i'm just kidding um But yeah, adapting to the style. And this was evident in all the cities, but it became especially apparent in Chenyutsi. So we would finally get a grasp of some tricky stamping combination, um, but we still stood out so much because, I don't know, you you just like have to look at the other dancers and try and dance like them. Like, that's, I guess, the key. I remember in Buko, it's a lot of like foot and leg movement, but not a lot of upper body, like, port de bras at all. Like, not a lot of moving your waist and bending your waist a lot. Um, it's very subtle with your upper body, and I think that was, um, something that was hard for me to adjust to, because in the previous cities, like, if you compare that to Virsky, Virsky's, like, bending over backwards, and it doesn't even look like it on stage, because they're so graceful and good at it. And so you're pushing yourself so hard to try and like bend like them. And then you go to Chen Yutsi where it's like very upright and you're mostly using your feet. And then you kind of like have to adapt, but you also at the same time don't want to lose those skills that you built in other places. And style, yeah, we're talking about what you look like as a dancer, but we also just mean um, kind of picking up on the energy of the studio, I guess, even. And in Buko, it was a really... It, it was really fun and playful, and that's something we need to remember in dance, too. To have fun, be playful, get a little silly sometimes, while still um, paying attention and getting the job done and everything. But one moment that stands out to me is when we were um, doing the dance Caparouche <laughs> with the dancers, and so we were whatever. We were in this dance. We were running through it with everyone, and we did it as best as we could, whatever. And then uh, Pan Leonid asked us to go back to one certain spot in the dance. And it was a part in the dance that kind of has this um, like little tiny song that we sang with it. And of co- obviously we sang it because that's part of the choreography. And so we go back, we hold our hands in the circle and he said, okay, start from this part in the dance. So we go, we sing our little song. Yeah, the orchestra was playing that rehearsal and they were totally in on it. Like he said, go back to this part and they started playing that part. So we start singing it, and then um, we're about to, it ends, the little song part ends, we're about to keep going, and he cuts us all off, and everyone just bursts out laughing, because all they wanted to do was hear us 
in our little Ukrainian attempt at or attempt at Ukrainian voices, high pitched voices to sing this song. Yeah, that was all they just they just wanted another laugh at us. And that was just it was it was really they were it wasn't like they're making fun of us. They're just like making fun with us because we deserved it. It was really yeah. fun. <laughs> I think they're making fun with us like at our attempt, but also like appreciating that we knew the words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like they just wanted to hear us speaking Ukrainian again. And like, yeah, that was that was a good time. That's a good one. Um another thing about style is obviously wear jeans as an instructor. Like Pan Leonid looked so good in jeans with his um plaid shirt and his leather vest and i don't know why i don't wear that as an instructor or one of his many beautiful sweaters oh yeah he has really good style everyone should adapt to his style of fashion and dance not choreography no i'm just kidding (laughs) all of it adapt to all of him (laughs) watering plants (laughs) his choreography his dance style his fashion style his yeah everything um and another lesson learned in Chenyutsi is strength. Um, kind of like two areas. I mean, like your whole body needs to be kind of strong, but strong feet can solve a lot of problems. So imagine every single day you are stamping and like with not just like lightly, like you're stamping with your whole foot with force. Um, and so there's no such thing as a bad floor or bad dance shoes, just weak feet. And... I was so concerned about shin splints going into the year. I have very, I have bad shin splints that come on when I dance a lot. And I did not, I felt them come on like very, very, very subtly during the year, but they never came on full force. And I I seriously think it's because I was strengthening my feet and taking care of my legs and paying attention to my body so much. Yeah, for me, it was definitely, I was worried about my feet specifically, um, because even in a few hour rehearsal um, before, my feet would get sore, and that—that's why I was—I didn't know if I'd be able to make it a whole year. But by the time, yeah, for sure, by the time we were we were in Chenitsi, we were—it's just about uh, keeping consistent and, um, yeah, wear like we talked about in our episode about our character shoes, wearing your character shoes, mm-hmm. um. And it never, I never had any problems, and I'm very thankful to say that. Another part of strength is like your arm and back strength, with which, as like as female dancers, maybe we don't think about it as often because like we aren't lifting anything. Like we don't have to imagine if the girls lifted the guys. (laughs) Like we did a lift, that would be so good. Okay, anyway, we aren't doing these like lifts where we're spinning the guys, like they have to spin girls and all that, but. Um, we do need to hold our arms in certain positions, so strengthen our arms and our backs is really important. And I think in Chenyutsi, this was noted because you don't always have a, p- a specific position for your arms. Like, your hands aren't on your poise, like, they're not on your waist, or they aren't always on holding your captad or, like, holding by your chest. Um, sometimes they're just 
by your sides. And so you're kind of like dancing to very quick music, scurrying across the stage, trying to get to your next spot. And you have to pay attention to holding your back and your arms in such a way that you're they're not wiggling all over the place, looking like a wet noodle or one of those like inflatable guys in a parking lot at like a dealership, you know? You know those things? I know. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so strength is key in your feet and your back and that's it. And your and your jaw for smiles, and your head for uh, emotional support, and mental support because whole of a lomka, mm-hmm. lots of those. Okay, Hannah. So, do you have any? I think that kind of wraps up the lessons we wanted to talk about. Any more you wanted to say? No. No. In our last episode, we talked about some of the reasons why we Ukrainian dance. We tried to capture quite a bit in them and we had 10 points we asked you to come up with one more and you know what this episode kind of is that one more it's about all of the we re- we ukrainian dance to learn these lessons and yeah we might have known them before but um when you actually when you lived through with them when you um practice them is when they get ingrained in you and that is number 11. Yeah, so this is basically an extension to our last episode. If you haven't listened to it, you should. Because that's all podcasts are, extensions of the previous episode, right? Otherwise, it wouldn't be a yeah. podcast. You know what? Speaking of podcasts and our podcast specifically, why don't we read a review that we have on iTunes. Please, let's hear it. I have a, I have it right in front of us. So, did you know, everyone? You can go and um, if you're if you're not subscribed already, you're just like manually checking us out. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and leave us a review if you want. So this one is on iTunes and it's from Tara Lynn. Thanks, Tara Lynn. She says. Well done, ladies. As a Canadian-Ukrainian dancer, I found myself nodding along with the things that I knew and being enlightened by the things that I didn't. Thanks for sharing and keep it going. Thank you, Tara Lynn. And we would love to hear what you have to say because also right now, we are rated five out of five on iTunes. And we're like... That's way too much for this episode. I mean, that's way too much for this podcast. We're definitely like... A one out of five. <laughs> yeah, if you don't agree, we you need to get on this and tell rate us for real. So um, please do that. We want to hear from you, or you can just send us. You can send us some kind words. We'll read. We can read those as well. Also, if you subscribe to our podcasts, uh, our podcasts. Yeah, we have multiple. One yeah. about Lemko. Yeah. One about instructors wearing jeans. One about the seven step, and then this one called C. But specifically, if you subscribe to this podcast, uh, usually you'll get to know that we've released an episode before everyone else because actually it gets posted before we make a post on social media about it. So if you subscribe, you'll be the first to hear what we have to say. I'll handwrite you a card. If you subscribe to FC, I'll handwrite you a card and put a sticker on it with my face from when I was in grade six. Everyone, this is something I received and it made my <laughs> life. So, so please do that. Okay, so if you email us your or DM us your address, I I am confirming that I will handwrite you a card. 
Thanks so much for listening to our stories from when we lived in Lviv and Chernivtsi. We look forward to sharing many more stories with you. Um, hopefully, this won't be our last episode. And sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully not. But um, I know we were. We don't want to be repetitive in that, oh, we just talk about cities that we were in like already two years ago. That's a long time ago. Um, but we do think that there are some pretty timeless va- uh, lessons learned, <laughs> pretty some pretty timeless <laughs> stories that we can share from our experience, and that's what we would like to do. Thanks for listening. Just live. live.